0: This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit walkwiththeking.org forward slash donate. Thank you for listening. All right. Thank you very much. And hello again, radio friends. How in the world are you? Doing all right today? Well, I trust everything's all right at your house. Bless your heart. If you've struck a rough day, look up and say, Lord Jesus, see me through this one, and he will. He hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. The Bible says, when thou passest through the waters, they shall not overflow thee. God brings you through, not just into. (laughs) He hasn't brought you this far to dump you now. So trust your blessed Lord to see you through. He will. Oh, yes, he will. You and I are looking... At First Timothy 1.15, this is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, Paul says, of whom I am number one. Christ Jesus came into the world to save, I guess that's as far as we got in our thought the last time we got together, to save sinners. This word sinner means a person who has missed the mark, missed it. My best illustration of that goes back to 1953 when I uh, uh, visited Japan for the second time. I had been there before as a guest of General William K. Harrison, who recently slipped into the presence of his Lord. At that time, he was the commanding general in charge of of our occupational forces there in, uh, in Japan. And he and Mrs. Harrison took Merrill Dunlop and I into uh, their home, and we were their guests for a while. And uh, so we had a great time with lots of good meetings. The years went by, and now we came back in 1953 uh, for a World Congress on Evangelism to be held in Tokyo. And it was a most wonderful month that we spent there in August of 1953. Well, I got into Tokyo... First of all, coming into Haneda Airport and and uh, being driven on into the city to the headquarters office of Youth for Christ where uh, uh, David Morken and others were gathered. And we had sort of a joyous family reunion there for a moment with Sam Walgamuth and Dave Morkin and others gathered around. Suddenly, someone looked at his watch and said, oh, Bob, you've got to be on the train in a few minutes because you've got to get up to... To uh, Karizawa, you're going to speak there at the conference. <laughs> well, I gathered up my luggage, suitcases, tape recorders, and all the rest. And we piled into somebody's car and drove through the the traffic, got to the, 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 to the uh, railroad station, up the stairs two steps at a time, and got up to the platform just in time to see the train pulling out. Japanese trains run precisely on time. They're very proud of that, and well, they may be. Well, I stood there crestfallen, and then I realized that the man who had been just ahead of me, a very thin, agile man without any baggage to impede his progress, had also missed the train, and it struck me. I started laughing because it struck me. He ran fast. He was thin. I was a little more bulky in build. He had none of the baggage items to, to uh, slow him up uh, that I had. And There he stood. And I wondered, which one of us missed the train the most? He ran faster. He did a better job. He got there sooner. I ran slower. I was impeded by the many bundles and baggages, and I was heavier in build anyway, so I was slower. Which one of us missed it the most? Oh, well, you say, Brother Cook, come on now, you both missed it. Precisely. And the word for sinner turns out to be a word that means somebody that missed the mark. You missed it. My Norwegian friends over in Brooklyn tell the story of of Ole, who had come to this country and uh, was over on Staten Island. and He was going to take the ferry boat uh, over to uh, Manhattan and was a little late. His friend Sven was already on board and the boat was just pulling away from the dock and Sven shouted to Ole. He said, Yump! <laughs> he said, Yump! You can make it in two yumps. Well, no, you can't. <laughs> can't be done now you you norsky friends uh, you'll have to pardon me i know that's very old it's such an old joke that it has whiskers on it but it does illustrate the point doesn't it here's this dear sinner and he thinks he's trying so hard but he misses god's holiness and he misses a perfect record of keeping god's law and he misses the matter of measuring up to god's commands he missed it and so no matter how hard i have tried If I've missed it, I can't qualify. And the Lord Jesus came into the world to save people who have missed God's mark. They've come short. All have sinned and come short of. They've come short. They didn't measure up, you and I. And Jesus said, I'm going to measure up for you. And so he kept the law perfectly. He was able to say to his detractors and accusers, Which of you convinceth me of sin? Even the crowd and the soldiers said, He hath done all things well. And they said, Never man spake like this man. He lived a perfect life, and he died a perfect death. And he rose again to be our perfect Savior. Yours and mine He ever liveth to make intercession for them that come unto God by him, says the writer to the Hebrews. My dear friend, Jesus measured up for you. And you need not look with with despair upon your own life and say, well, I blew it. There's no more hope for me. Humanly, you may be right. But divinely, you see, there's always the, the extra that God provides. And Jesus came to save Sinners, that is to say, people who missed it, who came short of the mark. He'll do that for you. Would you today open your heart? Some of you listening have never yet committed yourself in faith to the Lord Jesus Christ. I know that because I get letters and cards from people who have done this as I've spoken to you from time to time. And I'm speaking again to someone who has never opened your life to the Lord Jesus Christ and asked him to come in. And be your Savior. Will you now, even while I'm speaking with you, just talk to your Lord and say, Lord Jesus Christ, come into my heart and forgive my sins and make me a new creature and save me by thy grace? Will you say that now? And as you do, will you trust the Lord Jesus to be your Savior and commit your life to him and let him start to run your life by his divine will? through the Holy Spirit of God who comes in to indwell every believer. Will you do that? Oh, I trust so. He came into the world to save sinners, people who've missed it, people who have to say in despair, I've blown it. There's nothing left for me. Jesus looks down. He says, oh, yes, there is. Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. As by one man sin entered the world and death by sin Even so, by one Jesus Christ, grace abounds to life eternal. Much more, much more, much more for you. It's always too soon to quit. Don't give up on yourself or on God, for his possibilities are limitless. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Anything you ever imagined that God might do for you, he's greater than that. Isn't that a thrilling song? Everything that you ever imagined that God could do for you, He has more than that for you. Greater than that. He's greater than the forces of Satan. Bible says, Greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. He's greater than your own weakness and your own heart. If our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. He will go beyond anything you can bring by way of need or failure, or discouragement, or loss. He wipes it all away by his grace and gives you a new start. Let him do it. Let him do it for you. Commit yourself in faith to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we come to the, the last phrase of First 1 Timothy 1.15, and he said, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Now, Paul certainly had done some things that, that uh, he was ashamed of he says elsewhere that he persecuted the church and that he was uh, very zealous in opposing the message of salvation through faith in the lord jesus christ he was also very proud he says i i had things i could be proud of and he lists some of them in the book of philippians his his uh, racial and national background, his religious training, his religious success, his own character and reputation, which was impeccable. Some things he could be proud of, and he was. But when he met the Lord Jesus Christ there on the road to Damascus, those things of which he had been proud now became just like so much garbage and refuse. He said, because I've got someone so much better. Those things, what things were gained to me, those I counted loss. For the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, got something so much better. Well, he said, sinners, of whom I am chief. Yes, he had quite a bit. But the fact remains, he hadn't killed anybody. So far as we know, he hadn't robbed any banks. He hadn't engaged in many of the grosser sins that were so common in the cultures of those days. And so, uh, humanly speaking, we could find, you and I, uh, people who were far worse than the Apostle Paul in things they did and things they said that were wicked. Don't you agree? If that be so, what did he mean when he said, of whom I am chief, proton, he said, number one, just this, the closer you get to the cross, the less you can see of other people's faults. You get very, very close to any object and you can't see anything else but that. And so when you come close to the cross, it's just you and Jesus. And you're able to say, as Paul did, I'm number one. I'm it. Because you've lost sight of anybody else. And you know that if there were no one else in all the universe, he came for you. He gave his life for you and shed his blood and broke his heart and suffered and died for you, and you're close enough now to the cross that you can't see anybody else's faults, and you say, I'm number one. I'm chief of sinners. Paul, incidentally, went through a phase of development. He said, I'm not worthy to be called an apostle. He said that on one occasion. But now, he says, I'm chief of sinners. Why? Because the more you grow in the things of the Lord and the closer you get to Jesus, the more you're going to be aware of the fact that you need a great Savior. We talk about this perhaps the next time we get together. Dear Father, today, keep us so close to Jesus that we'll lose sight of the faults of others as we rejoice in his salvation for us.